Hey, welcome back to another Good Geekish Podcast. Uh, I'm Bino and that's Derek over there. Thanks once again for joining us for our weekly little dive into the uh, geeky underside of our brains. I, I, I kept it above the equator. You took it too far. <laughs> uh, but uh, this week, there's been a lot of turmoil in the world, but we wanted to talk about something a little more lighthearted, a little more fun, and some of the technologies that have come and gone in our lifetime, slash some of the technology that uh, uh, the kids in the other room aren't even going to understand or comprehend what they were used for. And this whole thing started because I am looking directly at you, cassette tapes. Somehow, some way. Cassette tapes have become in vogue again, and there's a bunch of artists and places that are releasing albums on tape. Now, tapes were the thing when I was a young kid. They were still relatively new. They were all the rage, I guess you'd call it. They were awful. Tapes were terrible. <laughs> the only thing that was great is that you could record on the tapes, but they had a horrible quality. They didn't last very long. They didn't sound near as good as vinyl or CDs. Like, I don't understand how... Of all things, people said, you know what we need more of? Cassette tapes. Well, especially when you had to take a pencil to wind it back up because they get all loosey-goosey on you. Mm-hmm. That was the worst when you're sitting there jamming out to a song and then all of a sudden your cassette player eats the tape. Mm-hmm. It's not, no. Yeah, and they were, cassette tapes work with uh, magnets. Well, they don't work with magnets. So you stand too close to something that's magnetized, and the mixtape you spent six hours putting together gets erased or garbled or... uh, Don't get me wrong, I have nostalgia. I loved the mixtapes that I made, and I loved all the cassettes that I had. But even at the time, like, we used to sit around and wait for songs to come on the radio and push record and play so you could record it on your tape to listen to later. As an eight-year-old, I knew that the quality was garbage, but I just wanted to have the song, so it was. Dude, I, but I, I made was, do. That was the jam. I think that's what like got me into wanting to be a DJ was actually being able to record because my friend had a Talkboy, and the tape is somewhere. I know I still have it, but we would, you know, do the whole like over the top, hey, 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 type of stuff, and then we'd record KS one hundred four back in the day. The cash cow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, so we'd record that and then, you know, go back and forth. It was, that, that was, that was, that was a lot of fun. But like you said, the quality when you're recording, cause I'm pretty sure on one of the songs we had hold the, cause we held the, uh, talk boy up to the radio. Cause we're like, Oh yeah. And it, I think it's five on it. Like at the beginning of it, I think my parents call me away for something and you can hear me going, what? And then in the back, just all quiet and everything like that. So, yeah, but that—that's the technology that I, I thought would go away, and we'd be that you know telling kids someday. Oh, you used to have these things called tapes. We used to put stuff on. Blah blah blah. I mean, let's be honest. Everybody made fun of eight tracks in our generation. Eight tracks were way better technology than cassette tapes. Yeah, but they couldn't hold as many songs. Well, they, if they would have put some more design, they could have. But the fact that they auto rewound themselves. I mean, how long were you excited when you got yourself one of those 90-minute extended play tapes when you had to fast-forward and it took like four and a half minutes to get to the one song you wanted to hear? And yeah, then you realized you are on the wrong side of the tape? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember when they first developed auto-reverse, that was a great thing. You could leave the tape in the deck and it would automatically start playing backwards the other side without you having to actually flip it over. Yeah, but I think that's also what led to a lot of tapes being eight. Yeah. 
Because I feel I, like that's where I had most of the problems with was with the the auto reverse auto play is because it just automatically changed. And I'm pretty sure it's like, hey, it's eating my tape. You just see <laughs> stuff coming out. I think it's interesting because almost everybody I would <clears throat> say, not almost everybody, but most people that lived in the uh, 80s, early 90s could probably describe to a T the cassette playing Walkman and or Discman that you had in your middle school, high school times. Mm. I had anti-skip technology that never worked. I had one of those uh, yellow Sanyo sport ones or something like that. So the big yellow clips on the outside. So it was waterproof because I took my tape player to the water. Yeah. And then I, I still have my uh, Sony Discman that I got when I was in high school. The little, we call it pocket size, but it's bigger than any cell phone out there. Okay, well, I mean, to be fair, when we were, you know, in middle school and high school, our pockets were, especially if you're wearing Jinkos, were, were, were pretty big. So, limbs are thieving pockets. <laughs> but uh, I still have my Sony cassette player. I don't think I, I don't think I have my Discman anymore. Mm-hmm. But uh, that. That I think one of the biggest lies that was ever told was that anti-skip technology, because you know you'd spend the extra twenty bucks for that and it would still skip. Yeah, I remember going on a road trip and my dad hit a bump. It's all I'm like, oh man. Well, people get upset now when they hear a skip or a, a, a there's you know a low stream. You get some latency or something like that when you're streaming music and people got a butt hurt about it. Those CDs and tapes were like you had a light scuff on one of the surfaces and then every song is. Uh, fun fact so back when you know that jumbo ipod came out with the ipod video which i still have and i still use to this day but i would rip cds into itunes (laughs) what this is in my desk drawer right now (laughs) yeah yeah, that one um i ripped cds into itunes there's two (laughs) (laughs) and one of my C- or some of my CDs that I ripped in there had the skips on them, like it would skip, like you hear that, and in the beginning of some of the songs on the iPod, you can hear the, because it ripped that in there. I was like, man. I still have a few songs that are like that from my old CD collection too that I haven't gotten around to getting the real version of. Let's let's move on from cassettes. We'll stay in the same way. We've already mentioned CDs a little bit, but I don't think those are far enough in the past that they've been forgotten about yet. They're getting there, though. Uh, a vinyl, obviously, before that, and vinyl had its own renaissance. Like vinyl is one of the few music mediums that's increasing in sales. I was gonna say vinyl is making a huge renaissance because you have all the like records by mail stuff now, where you mm-hmm. can get them, and then artists are putting out their albums on vinyl, so you can get them on vinyl, and then on top of that, they're enticing you to buy the twenty to thirty dollar vinyl with the digital copy, like a code for it. So. They've they've turned vinyl into uh, collectibles. I think is what the mm-hmm. biggest push there is, which I can understand being that I like collectibles. I just I I like vinyl. I've got a little bit of vinyl, but it's such a pain in the butt to listen to that I I never jumped on the bandwagon. You talk to the, the, the vinyl the vinyl aficionado is you know, oh the crisp clean brand new vinyl is the greatest sound you could ever hear. I'm not going to argue that. I'm not, not going to deny that at all. <laughs> I just. For as much space as they take up, as much time as it takes to take the record, put it on the player, find the right track you want to hope to die, you don't drop it on the ground and break it. I, it's it's not my jam, but I, I can I can the, appreciate the people that love the records. I think one of the biggest problems with the vinyl is the 
player itself. Mm. Um, there's a lot of, you know, record players out there right now that, you know, that do the dual function of it's a record player and it's a CD player or it's a record player, a cassette player, or it's, a, you know, all that jazz. Um, I would suggest if you're going to get into vinyl, read the reviews on them because a lot of them have that horrible sound quality. Um, two, you know, if you want a good sounding record player, you're going to have to drop a lot of money on it. Plus getting that, the record needle. Those needle, good needles are not yeah. cheap. <laughs> Aren't they like some sort of crystal or something like that? Uh, they've got all, all kinds of different ones, I think. But they're, they're yeah. A good, a good needle and a good record player is not going to be something you're going to get for 20 bucks at Walmart. No. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what's funny is so, you know, kind of, and it's funny you brought up the returning technology because this kind of caught my interest, is the other day what's kind of making a comeback is the table record players. You know, those big beasts, they look like a armoire type of thing. Mm -hmm. and you lift it up in the middle because it's not the whole thing. You lift up in the middle, and it's just a little record. That's where you put the record and everything like that. So growing up, we had one of those big beasts, and it also had an 8-track player in it. So every Sunday, my dad would either throw on like a Bee Gees 8-track or Marty Robbins record, and apparently those are coming back because I saw one for sale. I don't remember where it was, but I was like, I kind of want to get that because I mean, right now I just have like a little dinky record player. Cause I, I, I like fussing with records. That's uh, it's fun. But seeing that big one, I was like, Hmm. Now if they throw an eight track in there, I'm sold. See, I feel like it's a good idea for records because then they become the centerpiece record players. You only pull the record player out and throw it on the table. Yeah. That's how things get scratched and broken. But when it's like, no, this table's made for playing records. Let's open it up from its protective shield. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's listen. That seems like a good idea. I remember my, my dad had one of those old 70s component stereo systems, you know, super high-end, big glass thing about five feet tall with all the different components stacked on top of the other inside it. That one makes me just think of American Psycho. Yeah. Mm, not too far off. But I remember he would <laughs> sometimes blast, like, the 2001 Space Odyssey at 9 o'clock on a Sunday morning, like, shaking the walls with it. <laughs> Do you remember I that commercial was an RCA commercial with a dude sitting in the... Sitting in the chair and the... Yeah, backwards from it. Yeah. yeah, is that an RCA? I think it was. Yeah, I don't remember. Those are good commercials. <laughs> <laughs> but I always wanted that for some reason. It's just with seeing that commercial, I was like, I mean, that would make me deaf, but I want to try it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what else we got here. Um, phones, obviously. I mean, cell phones have come so far. I mean, my first cell phone I got in about two thousand one. And it was a Nokia 5190. All the rage back then, that was the interchangeable faceplates and whatnot. And I was high tech at the time, and it did pretty much nothing but play Snake and make phone calls. See, I was jealous because I had um, a Motorola, like it looked like a bean type phone. Oh, you had one of those things? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's because it was one of the cheaper ones that I could get on the plane. I mean, Kids I know. I, 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 I got a cell phone because I worked at a cell phone store that sold them. That was the only way I could get one. <laughs> yeah, I got a cell phone because I worked at a gas station. I got mine in 99. Um, and I got and I still have the same number to this day, which is pretty cool. But uh, I got my cell phone because I worked at a gas station and they partnered with Verizon to get a quote unquote discount. And for some reason, I got that Motorola bean phone because it you could get different silicone covers mm -hmm. to make it a different color. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. But then everybody at school was sitting there playing Snake. And I was like, I don't have Snake. 
Yeah, Snake was a, a good selling point. I, I guess jealous. I guess I should lie. That was the first cell phone I had. I did have a cell. We had a family cell phone. One of those oh. before Verizon was in existence. It was AirTouch Cellular, and we had one of those brick, big brick prepaid phones where you bought the card, loaded it up with like twenty minutes, and then you could you could have twenty minutes of call before it ran out. Oh yeah, and that was for emergency purposes in the car. But a full <laughs> charge on that phone, even when you weren't using it, lasted maybe four hours. <laughs> so you know the Zach Morris phone? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So you just reminded me my mom had a phone kind of like that. It was you plug it into the cigarette lighter because she always kept it in the car that way for emergencies. Like I don't remember I think she got it for work or something like that, but I remember <laughs> I think it had a battery pack that you could plug onto it, but she never did it. But that thing was huge. But anyway, I remember she went into work one time real quick and me and my friend were sitting in the car and we can, we ordered a pizza to the business next door because of that stupid <laughs> phone. <laughs> I forgot about that. I oh, think man. it's intended to explain to people now like the next thing on the list, I think it was pagers and beepers. Because those were for all the cool kids and the drug dealers when I was in high school. What? But trying to explain to a, a child now that, so back in the day, you didn't have this thing in your pocket where anybody can get a hold of you anytime they wanted to. Let's say you're out doing something. You had your pager. You're at a movie theater or something like that. And your pager goes off and it beeps. And there's a number on that page. So you got to get up and go find yourself a pay phone to call the number back that paged your number to find out who was trying to get a hold of you. Or like, you gotta it, do it sound, whole, you got to do like, the whole awkward of like, hey, could I borrow your phone? I was paged. Like it's it's it sounds like crazy talk when you like put that whole series of events back to back to back compared to what we do now. Like what happened if somebody had to get a hold of you? <laughs> got home when I got home. Well, the one thing, too, <laughs> that you forgot to mention, too, with the cell phones is what's coming back from that is the flip phone. For whatever reason, because, you know, I had the Bean and everybody else had the Nokia with Plain Snake. And then I thought I'd be cool and I got the Motorola flip phone. And I was like, yeah, but then everybody started getting the chocolates and everything like that that could play MP3s. And I was like, God, come on, guys. But, I mean, for some reason, the flip phone's coming back. Well, a lot of people loved the flip phones. I think so many people got into cell phones with the flip phones. And... One, I think people feel like they're safer because the, a lot of people that love flip phones have cracked too many screens to count. So they think a flip phone is going to protect anything from breaking. The flip phones are all like smart screens now anyway. So. I, I know, I know. But the other part is with a flip phone, you still get the act of being able to hang up on somebody. True. When you're on a phone, just pushing a button really hard doesn't do it. But when you can slap something together and hang up, it feels better. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know if the flip phones nowadays are built for that. Well, they're not, but that's what people do. Have you seen the few of the extended family members I know that have flip phones? They definitely give them a run for their money. They can they can take a little bit of a beating. They can't send an email, but they can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the uh, other things that baffled my mind the other day, because we were going through some old... Uh, USB drives and I was going through the old oh man this is only a one gigabyte drive in the trash it goes what's the point and thinking back to wait a second this this little tiny USB thumb drive that is the size of a paperclip I'm about to throw in the garbage because it's worthless but grew up using floppy disks and five and a quarter inch disks that I mean the the old plastic ones that a kid in one of my wife's classes pointed out that, oh, wow, you 3D printed a save icon? 
<laughs> yeah, that's that's what's sad is. I mean, I remember floppy. Di- well, you used to have to in school. If you wanted to play the Oregon Trail, you'd have to bust out that old floppy disk. Or I remember if I wanted to play Doom, I'd have to put in a floppy disk and pull up DOS out of everything. Oh, but when you if you wanted to install it, if you were on floppy disk, something like Doom, there was like eight disks when you had to install it. You had to put oh, the yeah. one disk in, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. Okay, insert disk two, pop it out, put in disk two, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. Yeah, and then and load the, up the, DOS. And then if you were at the school and you wanted to search something... You had to use the Encyclopedia Encartica CD. Oh, I hated Encarta. It's <laughs> yeah. the worst. The, that had, I swear, dude, that the reason a lot of my studying took so long was because of that disc and the stupid animations loading up on it. You're like, oh. See, I feel like that was a backhanded, like, I think that was a plot. Because that was one of the few things, the Microsoft Encarta Encyclopedia was one of the only things that maybe said, can I just go to the library and look in some books for a minute? Right. <laughs> can you hand me the old Rolodex? I'll find something. Yeah, I'm going to find the encyclopedia set and we'll be on our merry way. <laughs> oh, but but those, the plastic floppy disks, for comparison's sake, for people that weren't around or knew much about them, they held 1.44 megabytes per disk. Megabytes, not gigabytes, megabytes. Not terabytes. And we were jazzed when you could you could flip it over and use both sides. Like, oh, wow, look, there's twice as much space on here. Like, it was exciting that you could put seven or eight pictures on one disc. That was big time. And you're getting memory cards. Like, how many fo- photos does this color card hold? Well, at uh, 20 megapixels, you can probably only take five or 6,000 on there. That's if you're shooting in RAW. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, micro SD cards are something else these days, especially compared back to the the floppy disks or even those jumbo disks and oh, the zip disks. Yeah, oh, let's see, fifty whole megabytes on this cartridge that weighs like four pounds. <laughs> and it's even, and I'm pretty sure we've we've touched on this before. Is even cameras nowadays? Like, I mean, compared to back, you know, when you had the camera, you had the film. And you had to sit there, you took the pictures, and then you had to wait like two weeks for it to be developed. Mm-hmm. And if you found a one-hour photo, it still wasn't an hour. You still had to wait like a day. And then you have the disposable cameras, which I think are still a thing. I actually have an old roll of film and a disposable camera in my drawer that I've had for 20 years that I think still have pictures on them. I need to find a place to go get them developed. Walgreens. See, Just go down the street. I don't think they do it at Walgreens anymore. Yeah, they do. Really? I'm pretty sure. I'm going to have to look into that. Well, I mean, that's the thing is now, in anyway, like, you want your photos printed, you take your cell phone to Target or whatever and go up and just email them or put in the, you know, the, the micro SD card, and you can select them and print them off right there. And it's pretty great. But back in the day, you would have, what, the disposable cameras were at 12 bucks. Mm-hmm. Something like that, and you end up getting that developed, and there's five pictures out of 20-something that you can use because all the rest are just, like, blurry or crap. And you got charged for those still. Mm-hmm. We developed 24 photos. I only got three here. Well, the other ones were all overexposed. Then why did I have to pay for them, you jerk? <laughs> oh, and you said you wanted double, so here's your duplicates. <laughs> 
That's going to be fourteen ninety five, please. And explain that ten back then too. Well, why don't you just print them at home? Printers couldn't print photographs, or they'd be printed out like less than eight bit video game quality. Dude, <laughs> we're talking printers. That sound will stick with me no matter what. The <laughs> ribbon printing. <laughs> yeah. Ribbon printers are. I'm pretty sure they were developed by the devil. I like. They were. I, don't, I, 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 I still really like have a, a soft spot for the old dot matrix printers because I loved tearing the sides of the paper off, folding yeah, them up and we, making them into little designs and stuff like that. Right. That was fun. But the problem is, is sometimes it would get caught up in the gears, those sides, and it would screw up whatever you're printing. And then you had to wait again. And, you know, granted, ink's not necessarily cheap now, but it definitely wasn't cheap back then. And especially in the ribbon printers, you had to sit there, and if it got jammed, it was a pain to undo, and then... You get ink all over your hands. Yep, <laughs> and then you'd have to make sure you didn't screw up the ribbon, because if you did, it would be all wonky, and it wouldn't print right, and just, you know, it's just like... <laughs> and going on with printers, fax machines. I still have to convince extended family members that no, you no, you don't need a fax machine. The printer goes, oh, we need to get one that has a fax. Why do you need a fax machine? Well, it gives me to fax some documents, scan, scan them and send them. <laughs> well, this says we should fax it, and it does. Nobody says you should fax it and send it. If any business says you should fax it instead of scan it, you should probably find someplace else to do business. Well, that's what's funny is there's still a lot of businesses that use fax machines for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and you know. You can have it set up for if your business receives, and a lot of the faxes are spamish, which is just Spanish. baffles me. Well, I mean, like you're getting like yeah. income tax classes now, whatever. Like, because at my business, we get our all of our faxes are faxed to PDF. We don't get faxes; it just goes straight to a PDF to an uh, an inbox. So that's how we get them. And so I'm like, why why fax them? Just scan it and send it. It's the same thing. Yeah. Or like somebody's like, hey, I need this verification done. Can you fax that back to me? I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Type in his phone number. Oh, didn't go through. Yeah. Somebody's picking up the phone. Mom, I'm trying to send a job application. <laughs> and I think of some of the technology that was old when we were kids that now is almost completely obsolete. Things like typewriters. They have a little bit of a renaissance now because a lot of writers and stuff like that really are trying to find old school typewriters to get that feeling of writing around. Plus, Tom Hanks collects them, so. Yeah, they're cool looking, but typewriters were a pain in the butt. Dude, they were heavy. Even the mobile typewriters weighed, Mm -hmm. what, at least 15 pounds? Mm -hmm. And if you were typing a report, you were guaranteed at least two or three times of getting the keys jammed up. or That was the worst. You're sitting there, you think you're in a rhythm, you're like... And then, like, Dean, like, something else gets stuck. You're like, why? And teachers in school, of course, you can't have any errors. So if you make a mistake in your typewriting paper, then you've got to type the whole thing all over again. Oh, but you would try with the whiteout, and the whiteout would end up getting hit by a key and screwing it up even more. And then you'd really have to just start over. Yeah, and the whiteout was a different color. Like, the paper wasn't actually white. The whiteout was, like, ghost white. So if you had an error, you're, like, shining a giant bullseye on it. Dude, whiteout is the worst, or at least it was the worst. It, it never matched at all. You're like, what's the point? Come on Well, now. plus it didn't help, too, when you're whiting out over 
stuff, especially like ink, and the ink just bleeds through the whiteout. You're like, what? This is worth this. <laughs> now there's just a big splotch on my screen. <laughs> uh, uh, how about the old overhead projectors in schools? I miss those. Even they, still, though, they, like, they still have new ones now that are much nicer, but those old ones we had that like the entire temperature of the room would rise about 15 degrees having those things on. Dude, hearing the fan <laughs> on those kick on and you smell the dust and the dead bugs burning that were in there. <laughs> they bring out that plastic piece. You can hear it go and they put it down there and you hear the little markers go. And then they'd screw up and you try to wipe it off and it just smears the whole page because they don't know how to clean it. <laughs> Those were the days, man. Uh, good times. Those and then the uh, projectors when they brought in movies. Like I was just on the tail end to like an elementary school when we had the uh, conjunction junction schoolhouse rocks come in. They would bring it wheel in that projector cart with the big reel to reel machines that they put on there, and it <laughs> roll the whole thing on there and watch it in all its like nineteen fifties glory. Those and slides, man. Slide machines were kind of cool. There were other ones that I'm pretty sure they caused a lot of fires. But (laughs) well, going back to the overhead projectors too, you always, whenever that brought in, it always took the teacher ten to fifteen minutes to get the focus right on that too, because they'd pulled that, you know, they'd pulled down the screen so they'd reach up and the screen would always be jammed for whatever reason, even though they just used it yesterday, but it'd be jammed. So they're sitting there, they got to do the different types of pulls on them. They finally get that down. You think it's gonna follow them, and it's like. And they get it in there. And sometimes the mechanism up there that locks it in place doesn't work. So they have to, like, put a pencil and a weight on the bottom of it. I don't know how many classrooms I went into. And they had that stupid weight to hold it down. And then they bring that in. And they're sitting there trying to get the the thing right. And it's like, oh, it's out of focus. So they're doing math problems. And even the people in the front row are like, I can't see that. And then they're like, oh, let me adjust it. And you're going up and down. And, you know, it's a tight little – Projectors, I swear that we had, were from like 1970, dude. <laughs> yeah, they'll have two, and you had the old projectors, and they had the bigger classrooms, so the lights weren't bright enough. Oh, so yeah. my my experience was, okay, everybody, we're gonna do, pull out the projection. You guys can all take notes. So we're gonna turn out of the lights. So it's gonna be pitch black, and you're gonna have to take notes of what's on the board. Dude, that's true. <laughs> they always did turn off the lights for the projectors. You take see notes, it. and you're sitting there like. Hold it up to the light. You turn the lights on, you can see your own notes, but you can't see what's on the board. Turn the lights off, you can see the board, but you can't see your own notes. It was a catch-22. It was was always fun when they turned on the lights after you were taking notes, and you look down, you're like, I wasn't even on the lines. (laughs) Words written all over your desk. Ah, crap. (laughs) I'll just save that for the test. (laughs) God, dude. Projectors were the, I mean, they were the best, but they were the worst. Because I, I always liked it when they brought them in. And if it was stuff I knew, I was like, I can maybe just close my eyes and try to get a nap because all the lights are turned off. Or you can, like, write that cheeky little note and send it to your crush or whatever. But when it was stuff I actually had to pay attention for, like math, that's probably why I struggled in math. Because I was just sitting there and it was like, it was either out of focus or I couldn't read my own notes. And I'm like, <laughs> you were, is this an you, X or a Y? I don't even know anymore. Instead of learning math, you were actively going blind. <laughs> Yeah, squinting at it. You're like, ah. and it was always the worst too. Because if you had a problem with you, you didn't want to tell the teacher. Because then they would fumble around with it an extra five minutes, which means you'd probably have to stay late after class. Because you're like, just let's just go. I don't have any questions. Just go. C passes, right? <laughs> well, I feel like we could probably go on this for hours, but we should probably uh, let let our listeners get back to their their merry little lives. But I feel like we're gonna have to do a part two of this sometime. Well, I am gonna leave it with this. Okay. The worst part with the overhead projector 
besides turning off the lights and taking notes is when you're sitting there taking notes and all of a sudden you hear go snap and then you have to get up walk oh. over to the wall <laughs> find the pencil sharpener and go everybody stares at you teacher looks at you you're like sorry guys and then you go back you go back down to take a note and you realize you didn't sharpen it enough pencil did, did kids even still use pencil sharpeners in class work because they were the I worst think so because every class you had the pencil sharpener the back and the big old crank one but it was like the walk of shame because if you had to do it in the middle of a test you're interrupting everybody in this dead silent class you're gonna be like sorry but it was always it was always a pencil sharpener that it, you know has been there since 1953 and it doesn't sharpen a pencil very well because like I, I remember one of my classrooms got one of the quote-unquote new ones it was still a crank one and that thing just took like two spins and it was sharp but all the other classrooms had that one where you had to sit there for a good minute or two just sitting there going like that and you should be like are you done you're like I, it's not sharp <laughs> Where you get it off all the way and then it snaps off again. You have to start over. You pull God, it out and it snaps. Ah, dang it. <laughs> Mom, I told you not to get the cheap pencils. Those were the, oh my God, those were the worst. If you didn't get the number two, like the name brand number two ones and you're sitting there trying to write in the. All the graphite's graphite. already broken in the middle yeah, the, of the pencil. The graphite's all fragile in it. You sharpen it. It just keeps snapping. All right, we, oh. we're, we're going to have to go back to school supplies that can die in a future podcast. <laughs> I got a whole list of them. <laughs> Erasers that don't erase. Yeah, yeah, we got it. We got yeah, that. we got it. We got that. But uh, technology that is come and gone. Uh, that's that was our topic today. So I want to hear from you too. What's something else that we missed that uh, you feel like you're going to have to explain to somebody and they're going to think you're a crazy person when you tell them about it? <laughs> Back in my day, we had this movie. It was on a disc that looked like a record. And you put it in the slot of this machine and then hook that machine up to a TV and then use the remote control to push a button. And then after some previews started, you went to a menu, you could start a movie. Sure thing, Gramps. Take your pills. <laughs> you mean a DVD? <laughs> no, it's a laser disc. That sounds made up. <laughs> uh, but let us know. Uh, hit us up at social media at Geekish. Have yourself a great day and uh, we'll talk at you next week. <laughs>